Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week we cover 1982's Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. You don't really know much about Halloween. Halloween. The barriers will be down between the real and the unreal. And the dead might be looking in. The last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red. Halloween, the You happen to know anything about this Cochran? All I can tell you, mister, is watch out. Season. He's watching you, friend, I guarantee you that. Trick or treat, trick or treat. Hey, Mr. Cochran, just what is the final process? Fellas, I was just kidding. Witchcraft. To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. Hey! Where are they taking her? They're taking her to the factory. I want a mask. Can I have a mask? Uh, just what I had in mind for you, little buddy. Why, Cockers? Why? Do I need a reason? I've got nothing here to indicate there was ever a body at all. Operator, this is an emergency. I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. A joke on the children. I'm glad you'll be able to watch it. You've got to believe me. They're going to kill us. All of us. Stop it! The world's going to change tonight, Doctor. Happy Halloween. Stop it! Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, the night no one comes home. We're going to talk about this movie for like 49 years. And normally, <clears throat> normally we would be doing our second serving this week, but in honor of October we decided to pass that up. Yeah, we're just giving <clears throat> it to our third serving because you're all greedy. <laughs> <laughs> we're really hungry. We're going to serve it up three times fold. So this movie is universally hated by many, but also loved by many. It's about 50-50. Half the people you meet love it, and half the people just hate it. I think the people that hate it, I'm just going to go out on a limb, are people that are like, what the hell is this? It's not Halloween 3. Where's Michael Myers? I feel like that's the whole thing. Where's they, Michael Myers? They just never got over it. It's been 30 years and they still haven't gotten over it. Get over it. You know what the intentions are. You should know by now. This was said to be a whole kind of anthology uh, series where every film was going to be something different that was happening on Halloween night. It didn't work out because, you know, things, cool things like that were not a thing. Now that shit would take off, I think. Yeah, they could do the Netflix series of this every year or like Blumhouse when they were doing their like uh, a horror movie for every holiday there for a while. And I think those films sucked. Yeah, I don't think we ever saw a really good one in that one, did we? I don't, no, we did not. So we have some recognizable people in the cast. Of course, you have Tom Atkins. Everybody knows him. I think he's the new official Scream King. Scream King. But he doesn't really... He only screams in this movie. Oh, I guess, you know, he's screaming at people or 
zombie-ish people in Night of the Creeps. Yeah. He's screaming in the fog. Right? Okay. So he's, Yeah. He's a screamer. He's making screamers. So. I, had to, I had to think about it. I was like, is he really screaming? But it's like manly screaming. It's yeah. like that mustache is going to just take over. He's going to have his own like mini shotgun mustache. <laughs> 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 that should be its own movie. Uh, we have Nancy Loomis or Kai's, however, you know, before and after divorces and everything, who plays uh, Atkins' ex-wife. Uh, she's a, she has supporting roles in like almost every John Carpenter. She's Annie in Halloween. Um, that's going to be where most people are going to know her from. Um, unless you're someone that loves Carpenter and then you're going to be like, oh, it's her. I've seen her in all of them. She's in The Fog. She's in A Song Prison 13th. Um, and she's actually also married to Tommy Lee Wallace at this time of uh, when this film came out. And she was pregnant. Yeah, they worked with their wives into a lot of these movies because, you know, when Escape from New York came out, that's got Adrian Barbeau and uh, what's it, Kurt Russell's wife was in that at the time. That's just, you know, I guess you just, you're on set, you know, you live in life. So they're there. You might as well work them into a little part and you might not have to pay them. <laughs> I think that might be illegal. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis is in this film. Briefly. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you where she's in the film or how she's in the film if you've never seen the film, which I you should. I think everybody's seen it at this point. I don't know. I'm sure there's some kind of Halloween 3 season of the witch virgin. Which they should have just named the film Season of the Witch. I mean, mind you, they already knew that if you were going to put Halloween in front of it, which I guess that was like the whole ploy for getting the people to think that Michael Myers was going to show up. Technically, Michael Myers has a cameo. There's a lot of cameos in this film. Yeah, there's a lot of people that show up. <laughs> They're just popping up left and right. Yeah, and people have been forever trying to figure out how to work this into the Halloween timeline with Michael Myers being on TV saying... Oh, well, that was the movie they made about the events that happened in Halloween, or in Haddonfield on Halloween. So, who knows? They're, they're always trying to work that in. Stretching it. Yeah, the other person we've got in this is the head warlock, is uh, Dan O'Hurley, who you'll know him from everything. He's been in everything that was made in the 70s and 80s, but most importantly, he was in The Last Starfighter in full lizard makeup. And he was in RoboCop as the boss of the company, who they just called the old man through the whole thing. And he had the two greatest lines in the movie. You're fired. I do not remember that film at all, so I'm going to have to rewatch that so I can join in in the you're fired fun. Oh, it's well worth it. Those are the best lines in the movie. When I saw that in the theater, it was a special sneak preview and people were about to tear the house down. They were so excited. The other stars of the film, for me anyways... Are the Don Post mask, which are the, no pun intended, the skeleton, the witch, which, no pun intended again, were actually uh, existing Don Post masks. Uh, those were already around. They didn't have to make those for the movie. The jack-o'-lantern is the one they made for the film. And then, of course, like in all things, you know, they also used the mask to promote the film. Which is pretty dope. I was just watching them burn all the masks on that one point, And we're just like, oh, God. They didn't have CGI back then. They just really burned all those cool masks. 
and probably multiple times because you know they probably had to do multiple takes of it. Yeah, probably stink like heck. Yeah, I bet that place was not smelling good. But still, I was just, you know, traumatized by seeing all those beautiful masks go up. And then the place where it's set, which is Santa Mira, which is a fictional place. And it's not a good place to live because a lot of shit goes down in that place. So if I just happen to just move there, you know, first of all, you when you watch the movie, it's like, who the fuck wants to live there? It's creepy as fuck. And it looks but like also, the town only has about five buildings and 18 people that live there. Yeah. It's also the uh, city, or I should say town, for in um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, apparently any town with Santa in front of it in California is not good because Santa Mira, you've got robot warlocks causing the end of the world. You've got aliens planning to take over the world coming out of there. Santa Carla, you've got all the goddamn vampires. So any place in California with Santa in front of it is not a good place to live. Yeah, I think it's is it because it's like saint like right in Spanish, so it's literally trying to go out of its way to be evil. Yeah, it's like it's just a defiant. It just doesn't. It's like fuck you guys. I'm gonna be evil. Yeah, I don't even. I would not move there. No. You would not. You would have to pay me all the money in the world because I'm not trying to get into a fucking pod, and I'm not trying <laughs> to, you know, have worms and crickets and scorpions and snakes, you know, crawl out of my fucking skull. Yeah, I love the fact on this that the mask when there's a misfire. It fires a laser beam into the woman's face that burns off half of her face and then also summons snakes, crickets, everything else. That's one hell of a laser beam. Yeah, it's an intense laser beam. So when the signal goes out and attacks all the kids, we don't see any lasers. So the lasers only fire if you scratch the thing wrong, I guess. Yeah, if you have like a misfire or whatever. That's when it's not working yeah that's when that's when you get the laser well let me tell you the that's not the only thing that's working really hard in this movie uh because that fucking old man the whole reason why there is a movie (laughs) is the uh you know in town you know whatever store owner whatever that figures out the shit's going down he's fit as hell okay this is an old man he is running for his life I, no sweat, okay, at all on yeah. the forehead. I'm like, this guy is either a marathon runner, okay? Because if, if that was me, I would have literally ran out of the factory and maybe down the little hill, and then I would have just had to throw myself and roll down because I would have not been able to run that fast. No, and here's something else I'll bring up that I've always wondered that we could always do a great prequel to this is, you know, the movie starts off, this guy ends up in the hospital uh, and then eventually Tom Atkins and the guy's daughter go and investigate why he's in the hospital and all this. And they find out that, surprise, the happy toy makers at Silver Shamrock are actually warlocks. And they're going to use the magical pieces of Stonehenge that they've put in every Silver Shamrock decal to turn all the world's children's children into snakes, spiders, crickets, all this kind of stuff on Halloween. Because, fuck you, that's why. Because you fucked us over years ago, so we're going to do this to you now, apparently. But what they never explain is, how did the guy find out what was going on? How did he figure out that they were warlocks and they were going to do all this? 
They never really explain how he stumbled into the whole thing. How what he, you know, what happened to him that he figured this out. I don't think he figured the whole thing out. I think that he probably saw the, you know, Ginormous Cochran piece of Stonehenge that they have in their warehouse. No, not that. Not maybe he saw that, but I'm thinking he saw, you know, the uh, humanoids doing something weird like the freaking robots being all robot-y because they were not really trying to be human i mean like the first one that go that gets killed you know gets smushed by a car (laughs) and he just like kind of like deflates it's like a very unhuman death right then like and not even we're like 15 minutes into the movie not even not even that and it's like that that fucker's a robot like right off the bat you never see the movie there's like something wrong with that dude because he just died weird or you just assume he's a really terrible actor i mean damn i <laughs> yeah he would have to be a really 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 terrible terrible yeah they actor. never i would love the thing too there was a quick line in there about yeah it was really hard to get that over here it's a fucking piece of stonehenge it's like 50 feet tall and probably weighs a thousand tons how the hell did they steal a piece of Stonehenge and get it over here? FedEx. This, yeah, this is the prequel I want. I want them to show how Cochran got the piece of Stonehenge over. And I want them to show how Ellie's dad figured out what was going on. This is the Netflix show that I want. Where it starts out a little before the movie and then continues on the movie. Because the movie starts on October 23rd and ends on Halloween. So, here's my pitch, Netflix. You start the show on October 17th, a week before. And then you show what happened the week before the movie in the first couple of episodes, and then we catch up. We want all the credits for this idea, by the way. Yes, I, I just send the check to me. Stay tuned at the horror. Uh, stay tuned to the horror at gmail.com. Yeah, get it right. We want the check to come there. <laughs> well, you know, there was three writers on this. Which, yeah, the original writers like Nigel, Neil, then you have Tommy Lee Wallace coming in with John Carpenter to whatever, do what they need to do because Neil backed out. Like, he was like, I'm done. He was too violent or something, whatever. He left. So, no, he didn't like, he didn't take criticism, they said, uh, according to the documentary on the disc, was that he did not take criticism very well. Which I'm guessing they had some notes for him, and he didn't care for that. He was out. Well, I don't know what happened, because John Carpenter, maybe Tommy Lee Wallace at the same time, was like, hey, you know what? Wouldn't it be cool if it was like from Stonehenge? Because wink, wink, that's how I got the inspiration to do The Fog, which came out two years prior to this one. (laughs) Wink, wink. So we're going to do another Stonehenge one, because I'm really into Stonehenge. And then in the beginning of the film, the people are watching TV and they're talking about Stonehenge, which obviously later on at the end of the film, you see how that kind of all ties together. They're all talking about how they got, excuse me, how a piece of Stonehenge is missing because no one in England noticed that. Yeah. Well, it's very foggy there. Hello. Obviously the fog. You think someone would notice. That'd be like someone took a fucking building and no one noticed. Well... And, you know, the guy, what did he die for? from? Like, did he die? Well, I guess because he got his whole thing. I thought that <laughs> when I first watched this film way back when, I always forgot that the storekeeper, where the fuck are we going? Ellie's dad, that he, you know, gets his eyes, like, bludgeoned inward in the hospital. I always thought he died after his marathon run. 
(laughs) That's why he took him to the hospital. He was exhausted. He was like, I'm done. No, he was just freaked out and screaming. That was what I thought it was weird. They brought him to the hospital. He's just yelling and screaming and, you know, freaked out. He's not hurt. They check him out. He seems okay. But yeah, I love how that guy just goes in, the humanoid robot or whatever. He just goes in, sticks his finger down into his eye, and then like breaks his nose from the inside. It's a pretty fucked up way to go. I, I mean, robot death? I don't want to get killed by a robot, man. Like but What I love is how you point this out. First of all, the robot puts on gloves before he commits this murder because I guess he doesn't want his fingerprints in the you know robot database or whatever. Then after he's done murdering him, he wipes the gloves off on the curtain of the hospital. With the blood on them. He's like wiping the blood off. Why are you doing that? And then you walk down the corridor, you get in the car, you pour gasoline on yourself, man. What was the point of that? Why did you go through all of these? But he's a robot. He doesn't know. He's like, um, 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 He's just programmed, I guess. But yeah, why are you cleaning up after yourself, robot, when you're going to go set yourself on fire in five seconds? Are you afraid they're going to yell at you? I am a clean robot. You don't give a shit. You're about to be burned up in the fucking car i don't know that until i enter the car and then they tell me to burn myself alive <laughs> i love how this movie too is it's it's like real life because the next day the car is still burned out husk of the car is still sitting there with all the shit around it and they're like cops are like eh we'll get to it eventually we'll haul it out forensics didn't come to get the fucking part no no one came to do anything well i guess they kind of did get the little scraps right because they that's how uh tom atkins has something to deliver his friend who has to do a little research doesn't work out well for her spoiler alert which again why did they need to go kill her the car burned up and they were like oh yeah we didn't find any human ashes in it that's weird you'd think they would just be like huh that is weird i wonder what happened well somebody must have fucked up and just sent them to the wrong place but now when someone goes and murders the uh coroner who's investigating this alert alert with a drill through the ear that's going to draw some attention. They're going to be like, hey, this case has got another murderer tied to it. We should probably dig into this more. Lay low, witches. That's what you need to do. These warlocks are out of control. You know, they're warlocks. So <clears throat> they, they got a staff and their staff is thinking for their staff. There's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. And apparently Colonel, or I always call him, call him Colonel, but his name is Connell Cochran. Apparently he's the only real human at the place. He doesn't he was, really like people. I don't know if you knew, if you like saw him at all, but his interactions with the actual humans is very robotic. There's one point where he's like smiling at the family and it's like how you think someone that's never smiled before was like instructed how to smile. It's a weird fucking off like putting smile. It's like, it's like he's never smiled. He's like, it's 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 killing him just to put the smile on his face. So he himself is a fucking robot. Like, that's why they're doing crazy things. Because they're all uh, emulating daddy. You I know, guess, daddy uh, warlock. So. Yeah, and we haven't even got to, you know, we've talked a little bit about Tom Atkins. But man, Atkins in this movie is out of control. So let's let's go through the, the different uh, layers of Atkins in the film. He goes from being, he's a father, okay, who's an alcoholic doctor, okay? Then he becomes a fucking investigator. I mean, goddamn, he has so many roles. And in between all of that, he's one hell of a lover. I mean, fuck. And a flirt. <laughs> Not even 12 minutes into the movie, Tom Atkins is slapping one of his employees on the ass. And then saying, hey, why don't, we, why don't you just come in there and take a nap with me? 
It's like, yeah, this is why you would be fired immediately now, Tom. You you can't do that anymore. No. And, you know, it it's an ethnic lady. And she's just laughing and laughing. She's just laughing. Because what is she going to do? She can't be like, the white man touched my butt. No one is going to believe that back in the day. Like, they were just going to gaff her off. Like, <laughs> she's just crazy. What are you talking about? He flirts with everybody. If, the, if it was wearing a, a skirt, he was flirting. And I love when, when Ellie goes to talk to him about her father's death. It's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Atkins is in a bar, already half lit. And when he decides to go with her, he brings nothing with him but a six-pack of Miller. That's right. That's, he just uh, takes that shit out of the car and just runs across the street. He's like, I got what I need. That's it. Nobody brought a gun. Nobody brought extra clothes. They didn't know they were getting into. And you know a what? A flashlight. First of all, you're, wait, you're, you're totally... No, you're way off. Ellie bought two fucking things, okay? She bought a black teddy. Okay. And I don't remember the other thing that she bought, but was, oh, she, oh, and a Listerine. That's all this bitch bought. Listerine and a black teddy. Which tells me she's had these stands before. She's had these trips, these road trips before where she's like, well, I got all I need. I got some lingerie and I got some Listerine for afterwards. I'm going to tell you, she's she was a little fancy. If she wanted like the Motel 6, because let me tell you, it's like Rose Shanane's or some weird. The Rose of Shannon Motel oh. is where they stay. No, mo- that's just a Motel 6, an Irish Motel 6. That's not six. even a Motel 6. That's not even Motel 6 quality. That's like Motel 1. Damn. That's It's, it's way really down bad. on the list. Yeah, it's bad. That's the kind of motel where they say they have a continental breakfast and you, you don't want to do it because it's been there for a year. It's just like, like literally you could kill someone with how hard the fucking croissant is. It's like a, a boomerang. Yeah, you throw it and it comes back to you. Yeah, it's it's bad news. Do not stay at the Rose of Shannon Motel. First of all, <laughs> what the hell is that name? That sounds like a weird like Christian like sex book that they would give to the kids to explain why you shouldn't have sex. And now read the Rose of Shannon where Shannon learns that by giving her rose to the man before marriage, she doomed herself to hell forever. Wow, you really just went with that. That was just a whole thing. I well, applaud sure you, my book, friend. That book exists. I assure, I assure you that book exists. I'm going to go to the library and look at that shit right now because I need <laughs> to read that. Uh, speaking of sex, we Tom have Atkins. the Tom Atkins sex scene, which, you know... He, you gotta you gotta love it he they have the sex the sex and right off the bat she's you know she asks her little questions whatever they have like a five second conversation and she's ready to go and he's like how old are you because he never thought to even ask he just assumed she's ready to go let's go he was not asking any questions she says she's old enough we don't really get to know how old she is that wasn't a real answer but I she's old like enough. She, she said, been 16. she said, I look younger than I look. And then they laughed it up. And then, you know, you think about like, why would a man say that? Like I watching that scene again, I could not help but be like, he's asking her if she's ready. Cause she has to be young. If she's ready to like go at it again. Cause he's an old man. He's like, look, I'm going to need like 30, 45 minutes, maybe a whole day. I don't know what I'm going to be able to do it again. You know? And he, God bless him. You know, he is the mustache strength. He, yeah, he draws strength with the mustache and just goes for round two and three. He sure does. He takes it all. 
coincidentally, not coincidentally, the, the other room is his real life wife who just got like beamed in the face. That's got to be weird to do sex scenes in the in the movie while your real life wife is next door or on set watching. Well, they're no longer married, so well, that might explain that. <laughs> no, I don't know when that happened, but but yeah, that is that must be really weird. And I think that was like the first scene. Why they they just try to get you know these actors have the sex scenes right off the bat, so then they don't have to like anticipate or no, back so they, out, so they can't back out. Yeah. Well, no, I'm <laughs> saying like the anxiety of it all. Well, that, like I said, they, they can't hold them hostage on that one either. They can't wait till the last minute and go, oh, well, now I'm going to need an extra so much money if you want me to do this sex scene. Since you've already shot three quarters of the movie, you can't replace me. So now they do the sex scenes right off the bat. Day one, sex scene. Let's go. I wish they would have found, now this happened and, you know, then finally we get to see Cochrane. Now, we're in the we're in the factory. There's other a family that's come to pick up their order they're like also to get like commemorated because they've their top selling you know whatever shop joke shop costume shop in their fucking area because in their region when the mom and pop costume and joke shop rule the land there was no spencers there was no hot topic the good old days you had to go back and had to go to that little shady shop somewhere in order to get this place. You couldn't just go to the brightly lit, clean mall. You had to go to the back alley to get this stuff. I would get my costumes from Woolworths or Ruby's. Those were the the places. And those were obviously not mom and pop. But those were the places where I would get my costumes. But yeah, there was always those mom and pop shows. I think I remember Ruby's, even though it was actually obviously a huge thing. Like they produced a lot of their own in-house stuff. I always thought they were mom and pop because the stores in New York were always so like quaint, you know, and it wasn't like this big, it wasn't like spirit Halloween where it's like humongous, you know, walk through. But I just, I can't, I, the, why did they have to make the family so fucking annoying though? Like you don't even feel bad. Like I don't feel bad that these people die. No, I was just kind of like, huh, there they go. You know, I feel worse for tom adkins i don't want him to die like i've seen the movie obviously multiple times but there's always that like (gasps) you know ryan tom like i want you to live even though i know you're gonna live but it's just it always gets me i don't want him to die ellie i'm like uh you know dot 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 well yeah this the whole tone of this movie is kind of strange too i mean i like the movie but at the same time there's a very odd it's a weird kind of mix of like it's serious, but there's so much like weird comedy going on too. It is very weird. I don't even know where, like, what direction. I mean, when you have so many people, I mean, you have uh, who knows what the original story. Now, I know that you're really big on like reading like novels and stuff, and so am I. But not a lot of novelizations. Did you ever read the Halloween three one? I read it a long time ago, and I looked at it again before we started this, and. While the movie's kind of ambiguous about did they get the other station to stop or not, the book is not. The book, the the third station played it, and the hills ran red with blood, just like he said, because all the kids started, you know, flipping over to the third station, and they all died. Wow. Well, I read that it was, like, best-selling, like, novel. Well, yeah, people love the book. 
because that guy, the guy who wrote it, it's under, it's written under a pseudonym, but the guy who Jack wrote it, something, yeah, Jack Martin, I think, yeah, but the guy who wrote it's actually a pretty famous horror writer named Dennis. I think his last name is Etchinson, and he's written a lot of stuff that people like. So once it got out that he was writing it, it, you know, all his fans went for it. I'm sure. Yeah, that'll be interesting to read and see what kind of take it be. I mean, obviously with such a fucked up it's ending, pretty close to the movie from what I remember, except for the ending just goes on a little bit more, and it's like. Um, the Fun House, the Fun House novelization is written by Dean Koontz. Mm-hmm. And it actually starts way before the movie does. You get the history of like the, I can't remember his name now, the crazy guy that causes all the problems. You get more of his history in life and the more of the characters. And because he's like, yeah, you know, the movie, I guess, started coming gone by the time the novelization actually made it out. So he, Koontz just threw everything into it. Yeah, it's interesting when they expand that stuff or decide to leave that stuff out. I wonder why they decided to leave it and i guess they couldn't leave it ambiguous because it was like we can't just have this movie where all these fucking kids die like we're not gonna show that well too a lot of times the the novels have to be written way before the movie comes out so a lot of times they're working off the first version of the script Hmm. there's lots why there's a lot of differences in it and it's the same like i know when i was a kid i read the novelization for star trek 2 and there's a lot of scenes in that book that are not in the movie that got cut out but but they were in the original screenplay so by the time the movie came out, they had completely, you know, re-edited it and taken a lot of stuff out. But there's tons of stuff in the book that you're like, oh, where did that go? So I'm sure it's the same thing. You know, those were the good old days of, like, joke shops and stuff like we were mentioning before. And when they go through the factory for the factory tour, you see all these other toys and stuff that this, uh, that Cochran has come up with. And... There were some questionable ones, and then there was... Oh, a... he invented the sticky toilet paper. <laughs> well, thank God. That definitely filled a hole in society. We need sticky toilet paper. He act like he fucking invented apple pie. Like, he's really into it. Like, he's all about it. And you know what? Isn't that a fucked up way to get, like, recognized or, you know awarded is to go and have this thing with your family oh come over for a fucking tour or whatever and then you get murdered like that's the fucking worst i'm sure at that moment he was like god i wish i didn't have sold all those damn masks now i'm dead uh, i doubt it he was being bit by a cobra at the time i think so he probably wasn't having any thoughts other except why is there a fucking cobra biting me i feel like the parents expressions when their kids were dying they, they seem kind of like was it relieved? But then, like, oh, no, we shouldn't be relieved. We should be sad. I don't know. Their expressions are kind of off, like, the way that they reacted to what's happening. I mean, you saw that kid. Wouldn't you be relieved? <laughs> That's fucked up. That's so fucked up. <laughs> you saw him and you saw how he acted. They'd just be like, thank God we dodged a bullet on that one. They were like the Dursleys. Yeah, not to pay any more college or save any more for college on that one that's that's really terrible yeah it's they what's up with the whole like scorpion snake thing coming out the head it's a weird combo and i know it's supposed to be magic but i I feel like they could have just if if they had just had the kids heads like explode that would have got all the kids but not the adults they wanted to get kids and adults so instead of having the kids like I always thought it would have been better if the kids turned to, like, murderous, you know, zombie-type things and just kind of murdered the parents then. Um, I think I would have just been totally fine with, like, 
the mask making like the skull gooey and just like green like green yellow like pus come out and then like the end like maybe like the melting can we have like kind of like a like uh indiana jones melting of the face <laughs> kind of thing going on i'd rather see the exploding head or that, isn't turn, cost- to ra- turn to rage zombies doesn't it cost more money to have exploding heads it and does, then they're gonna we're only gonna show one or two so i guess i'm just they're gonna do that thing where they show the exploding head but then they show you like five more times the exploding head where it's just like boom 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 like in uh, the slow motion where you see the same scene like nine times in a row (laughs) yeah they i just wish they had done a little bit more with i i always it was just a weird choice to have you you know the kids turn into snakes and scorpions and that kind of stuff because yeah the initial like the scorpions and spiders that they turn into you could just step on them the crickets are not poisonous the only thing's going to get you is the snakes yeah i guess the snakes but i mean that's your fucking concern like hello your child just your is gone like it's dead like the kid is dead and i'm still alive damn okay well not everyone was gonna be trapped to go sit there on the couch and be like oh no i should just sit here and let the snake bite me no i'm out not everyone not everyone was gonna be within doors they had to be. There was no outdoor TV back then. There was no projections out there. You were all inside watching this. I'm saying if you're in your house, like they purposely got locked in that room. If you're in your house and your kids are watching TV, you're in the kitchen or you're doing laundry, whatever. You're somewhere else where it's not in front of the TV. The kids now have turned into like snake, you know, whatever, melted faces. You see that and then you run the fuck out your house. Like why would you be standing there waiting for the snake to attack you like you said? Like you would leave. No, I wouldn't. I'm out. Like, well, they're obviously gone. I'm out of here. And even if they're not dead, they're covered in snakes, which means they might as well be because I'm not fighting the snakes to get them. I, the whole thing is just really macabre now that I'm really thinking about it. Because you're right. The tone of the movie is kind of like all over the place. I love the movie. I think, you know, it's one of those like, there's not like a grand selection of horror films that are hollow on set on halloween for me there are very few in between the ones that i like personally the good ones the good ones i like this one um because i do see it as a separate film i love like the little cameos here and there i get what happened you know i could forgive it in my mind it's season of the witch you know it's I don't know. I'm not hung up on the whole, like, where's Michael Myers thing. He needs a fucking break. I mean, yeah. he just caught fire. Like, he needs to, rebe- like, he's somewhere a burned victim in a hospital. It's going to take him time to come back. He's he's not going to be there every fucking Halloween. I mean. No. Yeah, I always like this movie, too, but it is a little bit all over the place. This is one of the ones that I think would be really cool if you come to do a reboot of it i'd like to see something done with it now with a little bit more money and a little bit more time behind it i heard a few years ago that brian fuller that did hannibal wanted to reboot it and i thought ooh, that would be good because you know he's crazy and he would make that show the most disturbing thing you've ever seen if he was to do a tv series of halloween 3 and he said that was his like dream project was to do that Make someone's dreams come true. Come on, Brian Fuller. I don't know what you got to do, but come back, do this. I would totally be there watching it. I'm all about it. Because if, if the shit that he got away with on Hannibal on network TV, I would love to see what he could do on something like Netflix with no restrictions. 
That would be pretty dope. And give more, yeah, definitely more of a backstory. The story is not the best. And I know that, you know, it's not loved by many, but it's a fun, it's a fun one to watch, you know, especially if you love Tom Atkins. Like, I just love him running around, going from his different, you know, layers of the Atkin, the Atkin layers. He's... <laughs> You know, got beer in one hand, running after... He's got a beer in one hand and a lady in the other. That's all you need to know about Tom Atkins. <laughs> He's like the James Bond of horror movies. Men want to be him and women want him. That's fucking right. That you, that you just hit that shit on the money for real because I, I was trying to think like, okay, the fog, yeah, he gets it. Uh... Halloween 3, he gets it. He doesn't get it in either Creeps, though. But, in but dreams, he did get it. Yeah, in his dreams, he had two girls. So maybe that was a that was a dream he was having, but maybe it was a flashback. Maybe it was a flashback. We don't know. That's the, actually the only one where... Maybe because he's a little older, even though I think that's timeline-wise and like the actual years. Yes, he was a little older in that one. So he's he's you know he's like oh, I'm I'm respectable. My whoring days are kind of over. <laughs> so now I'm just gonna save bitches. <laughs> and I love that even on the documentary on this, when he was talking about something, he like used one of his lines from Night of the Creeps. He said something about well, as I had to save Spanky. And it's like oh god, he really did. He really is all into that movie. He really is. I you know I give this film. Uh, can we just not do knives? Can we do uh, shamrock? Um, yeah, it gets it gets four silver shamrocks. Four silver shamrocks. I give it a solid three silver shamrocks. I'm going four because I, I yes, you know, as everyone knows, I'm old as dirt. So I didn't see this in the theaters because I was too young, but I did see this as soon as it came on HBO. So I've loved this movie for a long time. And I, yeah, it's a four silver shamrock movie. You know, there's not a lot of horror films that have their, I mean, they have their theme song, but this one you can actually sing to and it's fun and you could actually do it every year right before Halloween. And it sticks in your head forever. Forever. It's a great, it's a great thing. And you know, uh, we actually own three of the masks. The two uh, trick-or-treat ones and the -the glow-in-the-dark Don Post one. Yep. Uh, And I love them very dearly. I only take them out to look at them every once and again. You know, make sure that they're latex is good because I don't want it to get messed up. (laughs) But I don't want to put, like, sweat and human germs. (laughs) Only robotic uh, Cochrane humanoid germs only <laughs> could go on there uh you know i actually like flicking the little silver shamrock tag in the back and like just to see if you're gonna get a misfire and turn your face into scorpions yes i'm like am i gonna get a fucking scorpion face like what's what's up okay do that shit when i'm not home what if you fucking came home and i was just a scorpion face well we're moving i'm moving taking the kid if she's still around if she hasn't been eaten by the scorpions that came out of your face i'm, t- I'm leaving that's it we're done that would that would really, I, you know, I I always took it, and obviously I think this is where logically and whatever kind of logical senses would be, you know, you think of something rotting or dying, it's gonna there's gonna be maggots, there's gonna be grotesque shit yeah. going in and out. So 
I was just correlated that with something rotting there. It's already, it's beyond death. It's like in the stages where, you know, the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out, you know, kind of thing. It's from... Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. I was going to say, hey, why am I getting the phase? It's like a classic. When I think of Halloween too, I always think of that, that song. But thank you so much for joining us on this awesome Halloween 3 season of The Witch episode. Stay tuned to the horror. It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon, and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it, and don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Happy Halloween! Thank <laughs> you.